This week on Unsportsmanlike Conduct, we will recap the Lions' second straight win against the Browns. We will say what it means for them and the team moving forward. Then we will go into Michigan and Michigan State per usual in football. Michigan is on a three-game win streak now, but Michigan State finally got their winning stopped and in a uh, blowout fashion. We'll break down uh, what it means for both teams here as the season starts to come to a close. And also the Detroit Pistons, who have won eight of their last nine games, are now first in the Central Division. We need to talk about that and more on Unsportsmanlike Conduct up next. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct, the pro sports show where we talk and you listen. I'm your host. My name is Andrew McDonald. To my left is Elena Hess. Elena, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Great, great, great. And Evan, how are we doing? Doing good, doing good. I know, Andy, you know, you and I, we had a, a late night in Ann Arbor, but we're back, ready to go, and I'm fired up for the show. That we did. The Chippewas, man. Uh, I know. Hanging with Michigan there. We'll, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later in the show as well um, when we get to towards the end. But until then, uh, we'll start off with the uh, Lions here. Um, 38 to 24 winners. Um, it was kind of a close game for a while, and made uh, probably a lot of Lions fans a little bit uncomfortable because when you get that one against Green Bay on the road like that, everyone thought, okay, maybe we're gonna start to you know play a little bit better now. And all of a sudden, it was like a close game. I remember it was 17 to 17 for a while there in the second half. Um, and just looking into the game itself, um, it really the Lions played. I mean, pretty well on offense. Stafford 17 to 26, 249 yards, three touchdowns, had the one pick, but I mean, not not too bad. Abdullah, another middling game running. Uh, he led the team in rushing for, with 52 uh, yards and a touchdown, 11 carries. Um, and then Golden Tate actually had a pretty good game, 97 yards, six receptions, and a touchdown. So overall, I mean, the offense was, you know, there again playing well. They were able to pull away at the end with the Eric Ebron uh, touchdown pass and the Golden Tate touchdown pass. So fourth quarter, they take over, win the game, but it took them until then. Is it concerning that it took them until then at all to win this game, or are the Browns a team that, you know, can – hang with you for a while and then go away. I mean, I know they haven't won a game this season, but they haven't necessarily gotten blown out in all their games. So, I mean, here, here's the deal when it comes down to the Browns and, and really the NFL as a whole is, is it is the NFL. It is the National Football League. I mean, all these guys are professionals. They, you know, they do what they do for a reason and they get paid the way that they do for a reason. So I think in, in professional sports, it's one game. It, any team can, can look real good to start and then kind of fall off at the end. And I think that's kind of what the Browns went through. Uh, on Sunday, I mean, you saw the Lions do what the same old Lions always do. They come back, they win the game, you know, game over, whatever. And it was against the Browns, so no one really cared, no one really talked about it. But I think that's just because that's how professional sports work sometimes. I just think, you know, teams get hot at certain times in, in a game or, or in a season, for that matter. The Browns, obviously, not not hot this season. <laughs> but just, just in that game, though, I mean, they, they looked pretty good early, and they looked like, you know, they, they were really going to scare the Lions. But... It, in the end, Detroit prevailed, and, and that's what matters most for, for Detroit fans. Yeah, I don't think it's concerning for their offense. I just think it's more concerning for their defense. 413 total yards they gave up to the Browns on offense. Mm-hmm. That, that's just kind of not acceptable, especially the way they were able to handle Green Bay. Obviously, Green Bay has their own problems, but the Browns have had their own problems on offense all season long. So the fact that they uh, allowed them to control the time of possession in the game and have more yards and be able to hang in the game as long as they did, that does kind of scare me a little bit. Lena, how are you feeling about this? Well, uh, Kaiser gave... Detroit's defense some like troubles all game long, but I think that Detroit just went into this game and kind of thought it was going to be an easy win, and they didn't really come out come out ready to play at first. And I think the Browns uh, thought that they had a chance against the Lions and uh, came out ready to play. So it really seems like no matter what, Detroit always finds a way to play down to their opponents. They just mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter who they're playing against. It just seems like they have to make every single game close. Last year, I mean, you could point to it every single time they had to come back against half these teams that didn't even make the playoffs. In fact, all Lions wins last year came against teams that didn't make the playoffs. But, I mean, when you when you look at it this year, they've been able to have their blow wins. They were able to control Green Bay. So they come back with a game like this at home. It's kind of it's, It was a little concerning for me, but 
nevertheless, I just want to know what you guys think. You know, how good is this team? You know, are they actually are they actually a team that can keep winning? You know, as the season goes along here, or are they are they gonna you know fall off at some point? Because it's games like this that it's kind of like I really feel you're like shaky. You know, if if you're really that good of a team, you're not even gonna let the Cleveland yeah. Browns hang around at all. No, and I feel what you're saying there. I mean, I think. When it comes down to the Lions, are they a team that that can win the big game? Yeah, they they have they have the guys on paper. I mean, they they're a team that that could go uh, a ways. They can, I mean, they can make it to the playoffs and they they could do some damage. They have guys like that on paper. But as far as transitioning things over into in-game situations, that's when things become a little bit shaky because at, at times they're they're just inconsistent. I mean, Stafford's always going to throw for a good amount of yards, but you know the run game is, is so inconsistent. It's it's mm-hmm. it's unreal. I mean, it's not even inconsistent. It's just it's just bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not really it's not really up and exactly. So I I think yeah, the Lions do have what it takes to to be able to do it on paper. But as far as transitioning that over into you know you know into in game play, I think that's where we're going to see the Lions struggle towards the end of the season. I mean, you look at them playing Chicago twice, Minnesota, Green Bay still. You know they got Tampa Bay and Baltimore in there too, and Cincinnati as well. I mean, I I, I don't know. It's just one of those one of those situations where you, you look at the Lions and you think, okay, they're they're a team that that can really get it done, but will they actually make it happen? And I, I just I just don't see it happening. I don't. I don't either. I, I think they're a team that's probably gonna fall off later in the season. But Elena, where are you at with this team right now? I agree with you, Evan. Um, I mean, on paper they look great, but or like they look like they can do something, but the history doesn't really show us that they've they really can. Yeah. And that, so. that, well, well, that's the thing for me though. I mean, like if if you. I'm gonna to look to the past, you know. If you, until you prove me wrong, I'm looking to the past, and I think that's how I am with the Lions. And would you agree? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm there too. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been saying all season. I say yeah. it to you guys every single time. I, I can't actually trust this team until, you know, you see them start to win more mm-hmm. games. And I mean, it's just it, it's hard. I mean, you uh, allow 212 passing yards to the Browns and 201 rush, rushing yards. Like, there's no excuse for letting a team like that have a balanced attack that you know can come at you in all ways. You got you got to be able to shut down at least one facet of their game to be able to hold them to less yards, and they just didn't do it all game long, especially at home because you know Ford Field was pretty loud and intense on Sunday. It was pretty much sold out when I looked at the attendance. So, you know, it's just it, to me, it's just not acceptable to let, allow a team in there like that. Period. Um, you know, the Lions barely get over 100 yards running again. So what you were pointing to with you know the, they're just bad at rushing. It, it's like yeah, sure, you finally got 100 yards against the team, but. I would expect, you know, more along the lines of like 200 yards against a team like the Browns, without question, especially yeah. if you put up 38 points. Yeah, no, no, I feel I feel what you're saying. I mean, uh, looking back to the Browns here for a second, um, you know, Detroit, the only team to go 0-16, Browns are, are 0-9. They've got Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Los Angeles, Green Bay, Baltimore, Chicago, and Pittsburgh. You, you think they can get a win this year? <laughs> I mean... I mean, yeah. I are you saying that like the rest of the way can the Lions get a win? No, no. I'm saying rest of the way can can the Browns get a win? I mean, zero nine can they, can oh, they no. get a win? No, no, no. no I misheard your question. I'm sorry, but no. I, I honestly, I don't know. They might be the next team to go in sixteen. Uh, that's what I mean, I'm thinking. It's kind of starting to look that way, and they really are that bad of a team. I mean, what what do they have for hope? I mean, Deshaun Kaiser's just. I don't know if he's ever going to even be a good NFL quarterback, but he's definitely not there yet. He's too he's young. He's too yet. young now. I mean, he's a rookie, and he kind of, I mean, it was like a middling rookie. I mean, it was just kind of like mm-hmm. a, I mean, it was a good pick for the Browns. I think the time that they got him, no doubt, like the right decision because they needed a quarterback, and I think he's better than anyone they have in their roster. But I just don't see him being able to lead them to any wins, and I don't see their defense having enough to do Yeah, and as far as run game, I don't think Isaiah Crowell is really that good either. I don't think <laughs> no. I don't think he's that good Crowell at all. Or, or Duke Johnson Jr. I mean, yeah. either way you look at it, they don't really have like the, the best running attack, but they still find a way to compile 200 for, yards. You know, for, for, Detroit, Detroit. for Detroit fans out there, though, it's going to be interesting to watch because, you know, Detroit being the only 0-16 team, I mean, I, I bet you a lot <laughs> of fans are kind of hoping on the Browns to, to struggle the rest of the way. 
I think if if they were going to get a win, I think this is w- they would have had to win against the Lions. That was the closest yeah. chance they they were going to get. I could see it too. Um, and I mean, I just kind of look at it like this team might be trying to go in sixteen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, okay, they got these two great draft picks last year, right? In the yeah. first round. You know, you, you bring a guy like Peppers and whatever, and all of a sudden you, you do this again, you're probably going to get the first draft pick. If this team doesn't start to do good by the season after, when you have, like, they're going to have a total of four first-round draft picks, like, over the past two two drafts I know. on their team, you got to start to win games. Like, it gets to the point where there's, like, no more exceptions. They've, like, been, they've been bad for a while now, yeah, like, and they've been getting picks for a while now, and they half of them don't even just transition over into being good NFL talent. That's the problem. The city of Cleveland just has to start wondering. You know, like, what's going on with our football franchise? What, yeah. how, how are we going to turn this around? Yeah. How can you possibly ever come out of it? And, of course, you know, you kind of thought that a few years ago with the Lions, too, and they couldn't win any games. And and I don't I don't think for Cleveland it's maybe, you know, who's at the top in, in, up there in the clubhouse or whatever. I mean, it's not it's not about that, I think. I think they just are unlucky with their draft picks. I mean, they, they try to get guys that are going to pan out, and they just don't. And that's got to be a struggle. It happens. Sometimes you yeah. just really can't control what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Lions have had it happen plenty of times to them in the past, other than the over the past decade, besides probably, you know, like Calvin Johnson and uh, Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. it's kind of been like, okay, why don't we draft half these players we did in the first round? Yeah. I mean, Eric Ebron's the biggest example. Everybody wants him out of there pretty much now. But um, next week, uh, they got the Bears and then the Vikings, you know, after that. So when you look at those two games, the Lions, this is pivotal for the season. I mean, not because necessarily, I mean, the Browns are, or not the Browns, the Bears are a divisional opponent. But the Vikings, that game is huge right now because there's still two games ahead of the Lions in the, yeah. in the division standings. And if they don't win a game like that, I find it very hard for the Lions to come back and win the division. Probably no chance at all, really, at that point. So looking ahead to that, uh, you guys see the Lions taking care of the business this weekend. It's at uh, Soldier Field. So. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they got a pretty good shot to, to take care of things there. I mean, Bears lost the Packers, and, and the Packers are really in a, in a rough spot right now bears are at the bottom of the, the nfc north there's really no reason why the lions shouldn't win they have the offensive star power to do it the defensive star power to do it it's just if they lose it's inexcusable i, I agree Elena? i agree with that i think that from now on though the lions have to come out strong to begin with and they got to stop playing catch-up so yeah i, yeah, I, I think catch up. i think it goes without question they need to win this game this weekend if they don't that'll officially tell me this team's not gonna make the playoffs this year i think all the way through and throughout because right now, if they were able to take care of a majority of their schedule, I don't think they're going to win the division. I am full favor now of the Vikings winning the division. I don't know if you guys see it any, going any different. But I just think the Vikings have too much on defense, and that two-game lead is going to be too much for uh, the Lions to overcome. I do think that they are going to beat them on Thanksgiving, though. I have, I have a good feeling about that. I just the Lions have played well on Thanksgiving in recent years, and the fact that it's at home, I just see the Lions winning that kind of game. Yeah. But, I, I mean, who knows it's actually going to happen, but I think that by the end of the season, I think the Lions are going to trip up a couple times there and they play on the road against the Bucks and Ravens. I could see them getting a couple losses there. But next weekend, can't lose. Will they lose? I don't know. The Bears have been able to pull up some upsets against some teams this year. I don't think so. I'll pick the Lions to win for now. But that Vikings game is going to be crucial uh, for the rest of their season coming up and moving forward. And going into another uh, another stretch here for some teams in the state for college football that both have some important games coming forward, especially for Michigan. We'll start with them. They went 35-10 over Maryland um, this past weekend. And, I, I mean, here you go. Three straight weeks now, and you got – First test for Brandon Peters. He comes in and he does a good job, you know, in relief of John O'Corn. Does a good job in that game. Then he gets his first start at night under the lights. Even though it's a home game, that's still a lot of pressure on somebody to play at night. Gets the job done and takes care of business. Does what he has to do against uh, um, uh, Minnesota. And then he comes out this weekend against Maryland. And, I mean, 9 of 18, 145 average, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's not the greatest stat line. But, once again, it was enough of a game manager to be able to get the job done. Obviously, in the third quarter there. 
the team went really flat. They didn't look very good, and that, that, but that was really the only quarter of them that Michigan controlled the entire game. I mean, is this team is this team ready now? Are they finally ready to be able to beat a team like Wisconsin this week? I mean, college game day is going there again, so it's you know another road game where Michigan will be on college game day, and they haven't been successful in any of those so far. It's a noon start, so not a night. We were talking about this last night, Evan. Uh, for a Michigan fan, you got to be thankful because I think if you're playing at Camp Randall at night, it's probably going to be too much to handle. Yeah. Does Michigan have a chance to actually win this game? I mean, first I want to talk about what you said about Brandon Peters, 9 for 18. I mean, you said it wasn't you know, the greatest stat line. I'm not, I'm not really sure I agree with you on that one. I mean, Why is that? I mean, he, he was only calling the throw 18 times. He completed True. nine passes, 145 yards. And I mean, I guess just for a direct comparison, I mean, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I definitely get where you're coming from. But as far as what I look at, I mean, I look at Maryland's quarterback, Ryan Brandt, is 16 for 35, 136 yards. I mean, that's, that's less that's yards. That's Michigan's defense, though. So. That, okay, that, that, that is fair, <laughs> but he was called in the throw so many more times. I mean, what, what if Peters was called to throw on 35 times? What, I mean, where do you— where I don't do you, know. I'd like to see what he could do. I mean, do. yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at, too, with you. I mean, I, I guess in, my, in the back of my mind, I, I know these Michigan quarterbacks, they, they like to throw the football, and that's, and that's what they like to do, and, and I get that. But Peters really hasn't gotten that opportunity— and I think a lot of times, you know, we look at that and we say, like, hey, that's, that's not really the, the greatest stat line, 9 for 18. But, you know, I, I think looking forward to their next two two games against Wisconsin and Ohio State, he's going to have to throw the ball more. So I get where you're coming from in the fact that 18, like, come on, like, like let, let it rip a couple more times. I mean, is it, I guess, kind of diverting from your first question, do you think that they're going to need to throw the ball more in, in these upcoming two games? I mean, they have, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. I think, I think it goes without question to say they're going to have to throw the so ball. So I, I don't understand why you don't let them throw the ball more against Maryland. I, I, I mean, that's that's what I've been saying. It's, I think what we said the week before when we were previewing this game, we, we want to see Brandon Pierce throw the ball more, playing and, it simple. And it's not like Higdon went for 200 this time. Higdon went for 50. Chris no. Evans went for 80. And it's he not, went off an injury. I yeah. Mean, so who and knows it's, going yeah, on with that? Yeah, and you didn't have Ty Isaac. It's, it's not all, all of a sudden having too many running backs is starting yeah, to look like oh right. boy for Michigan right now it's not the right time to lose. I mean, I just want to see. Sure. I just want to see him let him throw. I just want to see him throw the ball a little bit more, see what he can do. But I mean. You know, you mentioned if Michigan's ready to, to step up and, and play this big game and win. I'm, I'm not really sure. Just because of where Peters is at, I'm, I'm not sure if they're ready for, for this game yet. Do I think their running backs are ready? I think their defense is going to be ready. I, I believe so. But as far as quarterback play goes, he hasn't thrown an interception yet, and it almost feels like he's due to throw one or, or two in a high-pressure, uh, you know, high-paced environment. I, I just don't see it playing out too well for Michigan in this one. But I do think they, they bounce back and beat Ohio State, though. I think they bounce back and they have they learn a lot from this Wisconsin game, but but as far as coming out and, and just winning this game, I just don't know if I see it happening. I can agree with that. I think that uh, Michigan's defense is always is going to keep them in it with uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State. I do think I do see them winning winning, winning against Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin. I just don't feel like Michigan has enough options yet. Like you guys said, they need to throw the ball more, and I think that they needed the practice against Maryland and they didn't really take advantage of that so I, I think so too um, I would agree with all that to be completely honest it's just I, I don't know I mean this is this can be a, a tough test for him and like you know I started to say they're losing the running backs I mean now you're just really putting the emphasis on Brandon Peters and why he's gonna have to throw the ball more yeah and why he's gonna have to play more on offense because if he doesn't then you know Chris Evans I'm sorry I don't trust Chris Evans to be you know the guy for Michigan and be able to just run over a, a, def- a defense like Wisconsin I don't see that happening at all a defense that returned a lot of people um outside of uh J.J. Watt um his brother <laughs> I don't know I can't think it was T.J. Watt um didn't return him mm-hmm. so that that's really the only player that they lost last year that I mean was really significant to that defense they returned a lot of their guys so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a test for Brandon Peters and like you said you know he could throw an interception or two in this game 
so far, though, he's been able to respond to anything that, you know, hasn't gone right, and it just seems like he is cool, calm, and collected. I don't really expect to see that change. I think if he throws an interception this game, he's got to be thinking to himself at this point, what what the hell do I got to lose? Like, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe, maybe if I really suck to end the season, they bring back Wilton Spade next year and he, he plays quarterback for Michigan. Yep. Either way, he's only going to be a sophomore. He's still going to have so much more time, he's eventually going to get that starting role back more than likely. I still think he gets it starting out next year anyways, but... If he does, I feel like there's just not like I feel like there's a lot more pressure on Wisconsin to win this game because their team right now is playing for the playoff. You know they're right there, and with the teams that lost last weekend, every opportunity is right in front of them. They're getting the college game day scene. They're getting the big hype and everything around it. This is the kind of game where I think Brandon Peters is a lot less off his shoulder. It's just how he's going to be able to react to a, a, a sold-out crowd, really. No, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that one. First meeting between the two teams in Madison since 09. A long time. Yeah, since since, since, since 09. And you know, Michigan hasn't won in Madison since 2001. That's crazy. So, I mean, it's, it's been a while. It's Wisconsin, just been a while since Michigan's played and, Wisconsin, really. Yeah. Well, Wisconsin's won the last three home games, too. I mean, they, they just have a lot of this, like, home energy going for them. Like you said, game day is going to be there. I, I think the question really is, is how is he going to respond? I think it's going to go one of two ways. I think he's going to play really well. Or he's going to fall flat on his face and it's going to be bad. I always thought, like, personally, one of the coolest things about uh, Wisconsin Stadium is after the third quarter, they do that whole jump around thing mm-hmm. every single time. I think, yep. that's, I think that's so <laughs> sick. whole stadium, like, plays along, but it's pretty awesome. You know what? Maybe for, for Michigan fans, they'll be doing the jumping around after the <laughs> third quarter. I mean, we'll see about that. I don't know. It, it's it's debatable. But um, I guess what uh, what really does Michigan need to do to win this game other than Brandon Peters? What other focuses does this team need to, like, put on this week in practice? A lot of it's the run game. I think they have to get their running backs healthy, make sure they're ready to go. Because, I mean, looking at looking at Michigan's team, it, it is a run team, and and that's something that I think is very clear J- just from stat lines in general. Kron Higdon, 854 yards. Evans, 569. Isaac, who, who was battling with an injury, 548 yards. And then Walker's got 72, but only carried the ball 17 times. It's a very run-based team because they haven't been able to rely on their quarterback yeah. much. So <laughs> if Brandon Peters does go out there and lay a goose egg, you, you got to let your running backs go, and you got to let them take off, and you have to make sure that they're ready for that because it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I agree with that. They definitely need a run game, and their defense needs to play like they can. And I think that for them to win this game, uh, Peters needs to be better than good enough. Yeah. So I think well, they're gonna need more than their running game. I think the other thing is I think they need to they need to hit a wide receiver. All they've been passing to yeah. is, is tight ends. Which I know they weren't using enough well, early in the season. Yeah, well, yeah, I know, right? I think you were the one that mentioned that. <laughs> I did. I think I think Jim Harbaugh was listening in. He, 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 he always does. Always. Yeah, he gives me a phone call usually. Oh. You know, okay. After. Same with Antonio. They both huh. on the show. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, but I mean, even looking back to to last weekend's weekend's game, it was a, a two yard pass to Eddie McDoom, and that was it, as far as receivers go. And McDoom doesn't really catch, doesn't catch many passes. He's no, got, he's barely been he's used this season, nine. which still bugs me yeah. a lot. But he has barely been used this season. They haven't really utilized him at all. But I, I think you got you got to let it go. I mean, you got to let it rip to Peoples Jones. You know, Perry. You know, you just got you got to let the ball fly and mix it up a little bit. Because if you keep going to these tight ends, it's someone's going to shut you down and you're, you're going to be screwed. So that, that, that's the way that I look at it. Yeah, I mean that touchdown pass to Gentry was. I mean that was beautiful. That it was a beautiful pass. It was a beautiful pass. Yeah. I mean, they've been able to use their tight ends effectively, and I like it. So I don't think you go away from it completely, but you definitely got to start to bring more receivers than I yeah. agree with that. They, it's just the problem is they just they're really weak at receiver. Just I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones, he does not look like to me the guy that everyone said that he was going to be coming into the season. And I don't know if that's just because he's so young, but his route running is really really bad, and it, it's just that he hasn't been able to get any footage on any of the cornerbacks that have been and defending it, him. And it really stinks too because when he has had good route running, they miss him. Yeah, exactly. It, it yeah, just, they they that, don't find him deep. Or I mean, he could he could have probably had three touchdowns. 
uh, as far as receiving yeah, goes this, this year. Yeah, this year, if a quarterback yeah. hits them. And I, and, I, and I do see that, too. That, that has happened a few times. But it's honestly, like, because Michigan doesn't have, you know, the best the best quarterback play or the, uh, wide receiver play, they've been able to just put their best corner on them every single game. And, I mean, if that's mm-hmm. your best receiver that is going up against the best corner, that's where Michigan's struggling with that so much right now. I, I think yeah. you got to get guys like Kakoa Crawford involved a little bit more. Just other, other receivers, deep threats, whatever. Try to find ways to get to him. I agree with that. And the defense definitely needs to uh, stiffen up a little bit. The way that they allowed uh, Maryland to get through him in the third quarter was kind of kind of pathetic. It was almost like they didn't care. You know, that, that's not the kind of effort you can show anytime in a game like this. I don't think that'll really be an issue for him. I think they come ready to play. Um, and Don Brown has him ready to go. So, I, I mean, yes. well, I was I was well, I was going to bring up one one more thing that I think's pretty darn important to to this football team is Quinn Nordeen. Oh my God, misses one more and he's out according to Harbaugh. Yeah, well, and, apparently it wasn't an aggressive. Um, like talk on the sideline, but the whole thing about how it looked like it was, but I know apparently <laughs> he said that it wasn't. Like yeah. Harbaugh said that it wasn't, but I mean, Quinn Ordine's kind of—I mean, he looks like a head case. Not like that's what most kickers are, but when he comes out the field, like or when he misses those kicks, he gets really upset. But then when he was making them, he was like, you know, super pumped every yeah. time. Kinda, I've actually, well, I've actually got some buddies in, in Rockford, Michigan. They went to high school with him, and they said they they said the same thing. They said that, I mean, he he's he's awesome when he's on, but when he, when he's off, it's it's pretty rough as far as just his his whole demeanor. And all that goes, but he's got to get back on track. No, well, I can't imagine. I mean, for any kicker, when you start to mess up and not see the ball go through the uprights, it kind of it's tough to get that back on track. It's such a mental thing. And at the co- if you're saying that he did struggle with that at the high school level, at times it's got to be even harder at the college level. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's going to figure a way to find that out. And I guess he only does have one more chance. I don't know who Harbaugh's going to put in there to start kicking field goals instead. But yeah, who knows? We'll find out. Um, I think you said that you thought that they would they would lose this weekend to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I've got them losing. Any score? Um, I think it's gonna be pretty. I think it's gonna be close. I think it'll probably be somewhere around probably twenty-eight, twenty-one in favor of, of Wisconsin. Okay. I'm gonna go twenty-one, seventeen, Wisconsin. All right. I'm gonna go twenty-four, twenty-one, Michigan. I think they're gonna win this weekend on the road. I hope you're right. And <laughs> I might. I'm, I've I've went against them most of the season in the big matchups, but I really just got a feeling. I think that this team is different now. I think with Brandon Peters at the helm, I think their defense holds Wisconsin enough check, and Wisconsin isn't as good as some people think that they are. Um, they really haven't beat anybody this year besides maybe, like, I guess Iowa last week was a decent win. But I think Michigan's going to handle them this week, and they're going to expose Wisconsin for what they are because Michigan isn't that good of a team. But I really don't think Wisconsin's that good of a team either. We'll see. We, we will see. see. We will see. But one team I think that we uh, found out a lot more about this weekend and I think, uh, you know, some people might not realize is, or now realize isn't as good as maybe you thought that they were, that's Michigan State. And I only say that because they got beat 48-3. to and I don't care how you look at it. That's just not good. That's, I mean, pathetic, really pathetic. I mean, every stat you can look at in this game, besides the time of possession, I guess, Michigan State won. I don't know how because they only had 195 total yards, and uh, Ohio State had 524 total yards. So must have just been some really quick offensive scores. I mean, they did have a few breakaway plays. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I guess when I look at this game, I, I think about it as, you know, you really kind of thought – the whole season as it kept building up, it's like, wow, you know, this is one of those Mark Antonio teams again where you just didn't think that they were, you know, they're going to be anything coming into the season, especially after a 3-9 and nine campaign. And then they come out and they just beat a team like Michigan and they beat a team like Penn State. Okay, now, and this this is honest. I, I just want to know, and I'm, I'm not trying to, like, you know, go against them because they beat Michigan, they beat Penn State. I just find it very funny that in both games that they won that were big games this year, it was either a monsoon or they had a weather delay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know how you look at that, but it seriously is like their big win. All, all their losses have come in, in like against average team. I mean, Notre Dame's pretty good. Yes, Ohio State's pretty good. Yes, but like Northwestern, 
that's the kind of team I, I don't yeah. know. I think I think Michigan beats Northwest, Northwestern if they play Northwestern. So I look at it like that, and I, I mean, it just kind of it kind of throws me off a little bit. But I guess what where does Michigan State go from here? What do they do wrong, or you know what what's going on with them right now? The the thing that really got to me was was J T Barrett for for Ohio State. He really didn't impress me with his arm. Yes, he he did run for two touchdowns on the ground. He did pass for two touchdowns. Great, like that that that's good, but. He also threw two interceptions, which really didn't impress me. So it, I guess it wasn't JT Barrett really beating up on the Spartans left and right. It was more Mike Weber, nine carries, 162 yards, and two scores. And then J.K. Dobbins, 18 carries, 124 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns, but he still ran all over them. And, and I guess looking, I guess first looking forward for Ohio State, I think if you want to beat this team, you got to make Barrett throw the ball. He, he he doesn't like to throw the ball. I don't think he's really that good at throwing the, throwing the football. Um, is, is he a decent Big Ten quarterback, yeah, but he really is effective when he works on the ground. Uh, like we said, two two touchdowns rushing for him in that win over Michigan State. But I think for for future opponents against Ohio State, you, you just got to you just got to shut the run game down, make him throw the ball, and and let your defensive backs do the work there. And as far as Michigan State goes, Lewerke, two interceptions wasn't impressive at all. Not at all. Eighteen for thirty six, one hundred and thirty one yards. That that's just not good enough. L J Scott. I said it earlier in the year. I said, you know, the run game is going to win them win them games. And L.J. Scott led with 30 yards on the ground. That's that's not good enough. Lorke had 10 carries for two yards, so that tells you he was sacked multiple times. Yeah. It, it just – it was a mess, and it, this just isn't a way to carry momentum into, into your next couple games. And they do have easy opponents in, in Maryland and Rutgers. They're going to win their last two games. I think that's well, not a question. I hope they win their, la- their next two games, but – Maryland you, and you, Rutgers – well, I'm saying I sure hope they do. I'm saying I sure hope they do. But, I mean, you put up three points against Ohio State, a team that, that you're supposed to go head-to-head with. It was supposed to be a battle. And you put up three points. I mean, it doesn't look good. And as far as – No, it's one of the worst losses I think I can ever yeah, think of. Yeah, well, well, and as far as, as far as carrying things out in the rest of the season, it just doesn't help them at all. It doesn't do anything for them. It only makes things worse. Maybe they'll come out mad against Maryland and blow them out. Who knows? Uh, I think that – they just did every everything wrong, and nothing went right for them and against Ohio State. And I think their defense needs to pick it up. Uh, Lewerke obviously needs to have a better game in the next two games, and I think he will. I think they should come out with wins, but I mean they've been they're very unpredictable. I guess you can say after seeing them. I mean they've been unpredictable. It's definitely fair to say about them. I mean the fact that they lost to Northwestern on the road in a game when they probably shouldn't have in three overtimes. I, mean, I expect them to take care of business the way they've been playing this year. And then they come back and beat a team like Penn State. I mean, Penn State is they just kind of been struggling. I think you know. I mean, they got the win this past weekend, but nevertheless, they've been like you know struggling with themselves and trying to find themselves to get back. And then you know, I think that I think the weather delay definitely does throw off a team. I mean, it kind of it kind of makes things different, but it happens yeah. for both teams. So it's really not like an excuse or anything, but it definitely changes the feel of that game um, a little bit. I mean, but either way, Michigan State was still in that game going into the weather delay, so it's not like it like change it from that standpoint, but. This was a clean game. There's no like excuses to go around it, and and Michigan State absolutely, you know, got destroyed against a yeah. team like this. Yeah, I mean, as far as looking into the the future against Maryland, DJ Durkin said they're going to get Max Bortenschlager back for for that game. He's a sophomore quarterback, so instead of starting your, I don't even know what he was, fourth string yeah, walk on or whatever. I mean, you actually have a scholarship quarterback coming back for you, and I mean, he's he's been decent. Ten touchdowns, five interceptions, over a thousand yards passing this year. So uh, that's the guy that you're getting back. So they have the momentum there. Uh, I'm not saying Michigan State's going to lose, but I'm saying it might be closer than people think. That that's kind of where I'm coming from uh, uh, right now with this Spartans team. 
For sure, and it's, it's definitely, I mean, been a little bit more unpredictable or not predictable. And they really haven't been able to, you know, get anything going with their offense in, in some of these kind of games. And when you, when you see them get, like you said, L.J. Scott, he carries 30 yards. I mean, that's just not, you can't win games, nope. especially in college football, if you don't have any kind of a running game. So, I mean, that kind of hurts them a little bit. And, I mean, we'll, we'll see where they can go from here. Um, I, I don't see them losing the end of the season. I see them doing just fine. I see them making, you know, around like a Capital One Bowl or something along those lines somewhere around New Year's Day. It'll probably be one of those kind of seasons, but overall, would you call this season still a success if they can finish out, you know, the, with the season with the two wins and they go, you know, nine and three in the year, and no matter what happens in the bowl game, I mean, is that is that a success to you guys for Michigan State this season? Oh heck yeah, that's a success. They, I mean, nobody nobody thought they were going to be anything this year again. Um, I mean, it wasn't. They didn't really gain much talent, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and I think D'Antonio really did a good job of working with his players and. Making sure that they were ready to go for this year, so they couldn't have a they didn't have a repeat of what happened last year. Overall, yeah, th- yeah, this is a successful season for me. Um, if I'm Michigan State, you got to look back at this and think, okay, like we're we're only going up, and that's what they need to do, and then let that kind of transition into the next year. Yeah, I think after a three and nine season, you have to call it a, su- a success if they win the last two games. I mean, they come out with a win against Penn State and Michigan. I think that's more than you could have asked for this year. For sure, I agree with that. all that. I think that is definitely a successful season for Michigan State, and it has been so far. I mean, expectations obviously started to rise for the fans. I think a lot of them got let down this weekend. But if you're a Michigan State fan, you got to look back this season and say, wow, you know, we thought we were maybe going to make a bowl game at 6-6. Six and six. Most Michigan State fans I talked to before the season started, you know, you know, even anybody that knows anything about them thought that that's where they'd be. Maybe, they, they, maybe seven wins was going to be their ceiling. Well, they were already talking about basketball season. That, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, like already... Everyone was like, oh, you know, number one in the country in basketball or around that number, I mean the number two, but... But that's all they were looking forward to because they didn't yeah. think they had football to look forward to, and, and now it's different. Are. You know, so I mean, kudos to Mark D'Antonio, but you know that's the, that's the game right now that you know if he was, if you were to ask him, you know, are you you know are you still happy that he, he would point to that loss? I guarantee it and say no, that isn't acceptable because that's not. It's one thing if you lose to Ohio State by a touchdown or two, or you know it's a close game till the end. I mean, getting blown off forty-eight to three, I think that's something that'll stick with Mark D'Antonio until next season, uh, nevertheless. But. Wrapping up on that topic, we'll get into some uh, NBA here real quick. Cause, man, we gotta talk about them. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. I, I think it shocked everybody. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think coming into the year that anyone would have said that they would be ten and three right now and be first place in their division. Um, especially, I mean, not that it's the most you know difficult division. I, I definitely think the West is a little bit harder. But the Pistons have been able to be. I mean, just just dominant this year at times. It almost looks like with some of their wins. They've you know they've scored over hundred points and all these wins that they've gotten. That there is not that their offense is there. They're not getting shut down in any way on defense. People are having a hard time finding a way to stop them. It kind of started with that Golden State win when they, you know, they ended up going to Golden State and getting the win. Already says enough. That's already impressive enough. I mean, not that they're nearly what they are in the playoffs. You know, they'll lose games in the regular season on occasion, but um, you know, then they points in that game. So you're thinking, okay, maybe the Golden State game was just a little <laughs> bit of luck. And then here they come out and they just, you know, they win. They win against Milwaukee. They win against Sacramento. The Pacers, they, they beat everybody in their way to the point where they're now 10-3. and three and, and you really got to start to talk about it, you know. Is this is this team actually good enough to be a, a top four? Because, I, I mean, to me it's even hard to say three with where you were thinking about this team. Are they actually good enough to keep this rolling all season long? I, I think they are. I think they got the momentum going for them right now. Tobias Harris is playing like, like I've never seen him – play ever i mean he he's he is just playing out of this world good 20 points per game five rebounds a game 1.7 assists per game he he's, he's doing what he's doing way more than than i think anyone ever really thought he was going to do avery bradley coming in he's got 17 a game andre drummond 15 
uh, just over 15 and a half rebounds per game. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess what I really like is taking on their own roles. No one's trying to do too much. They're just, I don't know, I think they're just doing what they know they're called to do on this team. And I think that's really where, where it's kind of working. I think they're just clicking with chemistry, and everybody knows they have their individual roles, and you, you, know, you take on these roles, and then you put it together, and you got a team that, that's going to be pretty darn good. It's, that's how you got to 10-3, and three, I guess. I definitely think it's early, but you can't deny that they're playing uh, the best they have in a very long time. Right. Uh, Tobias Harris obviously is their guy right now. Andre Drummond looks better than he really ever has, and Reggie Jackson's back to himself uh, like he was. I think they have a deeper bench than they have uh, they have in the past. So, I mean, a four seed or a top four seed, I'm not really sure about that. I'd say five or six. I, I had seven even, or yeah, like a couple weeks season. ago, but I'm, I'm going to say five or six right now. I'm right there with you. I think five or six is where they are going to end up eventually this year. But either way, I mean, this team is a team that I think could seriously come out and beat someone in the playoff series right now. And actually get one of those playoff series once the first time forever that you can remember in a while. But it's been so long. I, seriously, it's been so and I think long. what you said about you know just how they're actually a team right now. They're all playing in their own roles. It reminds you a lot of 2004 when they went. If compare them to winning the national or the championship, I don't think they're going to do that by any means. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, today's NBA is a little bit different than it was back then. But you just look at the way this team plays together as a team. They're able to, you know, find each other and, and, and consistently Drummond just getting his rebound. He improved his free throws by a lot this year. I mean, he's kind of struggled the past couple of games, but he still has looked better overall and looks mm-hmm. like he's been really, really working on those to get better. I mean, it just seems like they're gelling better. I feel like last year, you know, with the injuries early and stuff, there's a lot of moods in this team, and that's still kind of what worries me, you know, moving forward as this team. You know, it seems like when they've gotten down in the past, and they can't find wins because they're simply yeah. not as good as I mean, team. you want you want to look specifically. I mean, I, I look at Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond as two guys that, oh, that yeah. are like that. I mean, go, go I ahead. Mean, everybody I mean, that watches Detroit basketball, yeah, agree with you, you know, so. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you mean there, and I and I and I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, but, I, but I get what you're saying though. It, it just makes sense. Those are the guys that are supposed to be your leaders. That's your point guard. That's your center. That's, that's your assist guy. He's supposed to be dishing the ball. He's supposed to be leading the team. And he's looked like a point guard this year. He has. He has. But. When he gets down, maybe he'll start to chug up shots and and try to you know play too much hero ball instead of team ball, and, and that's what they need to do. That's what they've been doing so far. That's exactly it. If if they don't keep doing that, they won't keep yeah. winning. That that's the way that this team is going to be good is they play in a team and they use each other. Yeah, and I, th- I think it'll be interesting if they when they well because every team usually goes through like like a little rut or something throughout the season. I wonder mm-hmm. how they're going to get out of that if they ever yeah. do go through that. Yeah, I mean, kind of like the Cavs right now, 7-7, seven and seven, just going through that rut right now. Like they're, they're, I mean, they're going to come back out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know it's going to happen. And I guess looking at the Pistons, it's okay. Like, they're doing really good right now. Are they going to come out of that? Like, is it going to end up happening? I think it's kind of the same thing there, but just in different scenarios with the Cavs, knowing they're going to come up in the We're going to have to wait and see. But this is we got a long season. It's a, it's a long season. It's definitely a grind. We'll have to wait and see. For sure, and I think what you said, Elena, about them trying to come out of a rut, they do get in there. Cause every team does that throughout the mm-hmm. season, like you like you alluded to. That that is exactly what happens in basketball. You just you go through stretches where you lose games. When you have you know that many games a season, it, it just happens. And the Pistons are gonna have have it happen to them eventually. It's just gonna be how they can stick together as a team, and be able to get out of it, and be able to keep winning. Because right now they're building themselves a heck of a lead, and if they can keep you know on this on this route, uh, we'll see what they're able to do. Uh, they got Milwaukee on Wednesday, and then they have Indiana on uh, Friday to. Finish they're able to do um they've been able to i mean they beat both of them so far this season they played them so we'll see what happens um but for now i right now you i don't think you can say enough about the pistons i think they've been phenomenal so far this year so uh we'll wrap up the show now with our stud and duds of the week um evan i'll start with you and your stud 
Yeah, so my stud this week is the Carolina Panthers. They set a, a franchise record for, uh, with 548 total yards. Cam Newton, a, a big part of that. Three for four touchdowns, 254 yards. Jonathan Stewart, 110 yards on the ground. Newton also had 95 yards on the ground. Um, even Christian McCaffrey got in the show a little bit. The offense was, was just really clicking on all cylinders. They, they beat the Dolphins pretty handily. For sure. And Elena? Uh, I'm going to go with Adrian Claiborne. He sacked Dak Prescott. Sorry, I got my <laughs> words mixed up. Dak Prescott six times, and I think that that's crazy. That's wow. a lot. <laughs> that's that's honestly that, that's a stud performance right there. That's pretty nuts. You get six sacks in one game. No matter what, that's good. Uh, my stud is uh, from last night. I'll, I'll bring Central Michigan into the show here a little bit. Sean Roundtree. Uh, can't say enough about that guy. He's a, a transfer guard, comes over. He's a junior in the first couple of games uh, that they were playing this season. And then last night goes off, you know, in Ann Arbor in a scene like that. Yeah, it wasn't the most packed house last night, but it definitely still got loud at some point, so Michigan would, you know, start to come back and everything. And he just answered for his team throughout the night. I mean, 21 points, was able to keep Central Michigan in the game. And really, I mean, just, I mean, quite the performance from CMU, to be completely honest, to be able to stay in that game and only lose by seven points. Um, I really can't say enough about the guy. I, th- I think it was, you know, absolutely great. It was an unreal performance. It was it was definitely something special to watch and, and just see these, these two teams, one obviously a higher caliber team and one uh, lower caliber team just just trade basketball uh, to watch and, and as we were covering that I know we just kind of looked at each other after <laughs> the first few the, the first handful of minutes there and in the first half we said holy crap like this might actually happen because they yeah. looked good like it they wasn't I, I don't know if that was a, I don't think it was a fluke I think I think they're pretty good no I, and maybe they are gonna be better than what people thought and maybe now that they are more of a versatile team and aren't just relying on Marcus Keene and Braylon Race and that maybe they'll be able to you know come together and play if they because I mean if they can get the threes to drop their way, they were dropping last night. They can play with any team in the yep. back. I can tell you that for sure because they played with the team in the Big Ten last night. You know, made it to the Sweet 16 last year. So, you know, Michigan, they tend to struggle early in the season. To me, if that game was close, Beeline will have that group at a completely different level by the time March rolls around. But for now, that's where they're at. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's my stud. Uh, your guys' duds now. Yeah, you know, starting with me, we're going to go with the San Francisco um, excuse me, the, the New York Giants, who lost to the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are now 1-9 with a 31-21 win over the Giants. Giants are now 1-8. I wasn't saying the Giants were good. I'm just saying that, you know, a, a team had to lose to the 49ers at some point, whether it was this season, next season, or the season after. Someone was going to eventually lose, and it had to be the Giants. You know, Eli Manning didn't throw any interceptions. He actually had a, a decent game, but the 49ers just played, played pretty well, and they ended up with the win, and it was their first of the year. I'm going to go with uh, Michigan State. I think we can all agree that they had a pretty weak performance against Ohio State, as we talked about earlier. So, Yeah, I'd say it goes without question <laughs> that they could definitely be a dub this weekend. I think another team that, you know, some people that you're my dad. I mean, I, absolutely. I, I, I kind of was starting to stick up for them. I really thought they were a good team with the way that they lost to Georgia. And, you know, I thought, you know, maybe that they could figure some stuff out. Maybe actually this will be the year they make the playoff again. And Brian Kelly gets his, you know, swagger back and, they got absolutely smacked by Miami on Saturday night. I think I think it was a disappointment to everybody that was, you know, looking forward to watching a good college football yeah. game that night. Notre Dame's had no answer, couldn't stop Miami, and, and that was the biggest game Miami's had, and I couldn't tell you how many years. And the fact they were able to win it like that, I think, says a lot about them. And they're definitely looking at a playoff picture now. But that's it for us this week. Um, you can keep following us on CMI Sports, and you can keep listening to the podcast to that as well. Um, we'll talk at you next time. <laughs>